Welcome back to another episode. We are Society Outcast, where we review the things we love, the things we hate, and everything in between. As always with me, Joshua. Bones already. <laughs> that was so appropriate. Thank you. Um, and Mikael's all the way from Pelham Parkway, the Bronx. Why well, you got to give my address? <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> I, I, I did not specify where in Pelham Parkway. It kind of narrows it down. <laughs> right. I, I'm sure you don't have any haters out there. We'll see. Um, and hate mail to Pelham Parkway. <laughs> no, those are our head studios. Um, and for this episode, we're going to be starting our reviews for the Spider-Man films in honor of the new Spider-Man film that's going to be coming out in December, Spider-Man No Way Home. And with us, we have a very, very special guest, a very good friend of ours, Richie Minaya. Richie. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining the uh, sorry. Thank you for inviting me to the podcast. Um, I'm here tonight to prove why Rorschach is not a hero and uh, <laughs> How <dare> give my <laughs> and give my thoughts on Spider-Man. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I think you should you should chip in your two cents on why Rorschach is not a hero. I don't. I don't oh, right now. Yeah. Why not? Let's just do it, man. All right. <laughs> so Rorschach. While it seems like he is the most moral of everyone there, in reality, he's not. He is an amoral person when you really examine but he helps his, people. But does he though? <laughs> he, does he does he? I think he does it for his own benefit. Right. Benefit? He, he doesn't shower. <laughs> <laughs> he, that does not benefit Batman. Remember when Batman had a problem with that? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, Rorschach is not a hero. The man is a twisted, deluded person trying to be a hero, trying to be something that he'll never be. Doesn't that and make you a hero? No, bro. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't help anybody but himself. The things he does are for his own... Uh, I don't even want to say satisfaction because it's not satisfaction. Have you read the Prelude comics for Watchmen? He before Watchmen? No, it's after Watchmen, but like it came out after Watchmen, but they're Prelude. No, no, no. They the the before Watchmen series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So like he totally helped out. He was he was in a he worked in a church and stuff, and then he he beat up the dude that was. Uh, holding a bunch of women hostage and but and, see uh, at that point they're retconning everything <laughs> <laughs> if you stick okay. straight to watchmen the guy is insane and he's reacting to the fact that his mom was a woman of the night okay <laughs> fair for the streets well there you go <laughs> uh, thank you for that richie but before before we dive deep into this incredible movie um i'm sure everybody wants to know personally for you what is your favorite film of all time and why favorite film of all time will have to go to stand by me um it's your classic coming of age story for kids that go through things that um i feel make them grow up faster than they should have um ultimately 
regardless of your age, of your background and all that, you can see a little bit of yourself in each one of those characters. Um, that movie could be on repeat all day and I'll sit there and watch it all day because of just how great that story is. And if you guys don't know that that movie is based on a novella by, believe it or not, Stephen King. Hmm. Um, I never read the book. Stephen King scares me to death. But <laughs> uh, as far as that movie is concerned, definitely, definitely my favorite movie. I have to say, I haven't seen like a, a Stephen King movie that I really enjoy. And I mean, I've never seen Stand By Me. So I don't know. Oh, that's a that's a damn good movie, Josh. It was the first time I heard of it. What? <laughs> yeah. Really, Jeez, Josh? No, it's good, man. You'll you'll really like it. I'm sure of it. You'll like it. Um, so so genre of movies. What do you prefer, Rich? So, being a child of the '80s, my favorite genre will always be like action movies, followed very closely by comedies. Mm-hmm. and the occasional dramatic movie. Okay. Um, but, yeah, definitely action movies. I grew up in the time where... Like nonsensical act- action. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Growing up watching Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. holding on to a rocket launcher, <laughs> taking out <laughs> helicopters and stuff. Yeah, you know, it's like these are the things I grew up watching. And I'm sure it messed me up to some degree. <laughs> but, but I feel uh, like if they tried to make an action film like that, now it wouldn't work like there are you no know, personalities that big you re, so i think the closest mm-hmm. that they would have come to would be expendables yeah because yeah. it really does have everybody that was in but it's all those action movies. like but, but, exactly. but what, 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 would, would there be you know? someone new like right. like a source nigger like a uh rocky balboa rocky balboa like a sylvester stallone I mean, there hasn't day, been anyone. Debatable. Yeah. The Rock, nah. Batista. But the, yeah, they wouldn't you, be able to. Yeah, I mean, you have, like like Josh said, you have The Rock. You that's that's the closest you can get to it. Yeah. Pretty much. Aside from them, they're, you know, that big buff action movie hero and all that, that doesn't really exist much anymore. No, that's a good point. Yeah. So sad. <laughs> and. How appropriate an action movie we're going to be reviewing today, uh, Spider-Man. Action movie? I mean, to some degree it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some action in it. Spider-Man, it's also a love story. It's also a love story. Spider- <laughs> Spider-Man 2002. Um, this movie kind of changed everything within uh, comic book movies. Comic, comic books into comic book adaptations into movies. It, it made a heck of a lot of money. Um, Richie, did you watch this in the theater? Yes, sir. I went. How how the, was that experience? Let me tell you. So okay, so up until that point, um, being a comic fan, we were always sort of let down when it came to comic book adaptations. Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear lord! Better bring up DC. Uh, Oh man! So, I'm so sorry. You see, I start this. I start this Marvel and DC. Crap. I'm sorry. Just in time to winterize your pipes. <laughs> Batman with nipples on his suit. Oh. But anyway, so, and you know the crazy thing is that those movies, if you watch them just for the sake of watching them, they're not terrible movies. No. They're entertaining, especially if you're a kid. Yeah. 
-hmm. But by the time those movies came out, I was past that. And I'm like, you guys are killing. So in the early 2000s, late late 90s, early 2000s, I don't remember the exact year, when uh, X-Men came out. Yes. X-Men was like the beginning of that shift where it's like, okay, now they're taking these movies seriously. Because X-Men in, in and of itself, granted, the story is kind of like, eh, you know. But it, it's a good other. movie. But it's, it's a, a good it's movie. A good movie. It's a good movie because I feel like they chose a director that um, wanted to actually portray the X-Men with their powers and stuff. You know, the way the X-Men actually were. Mm -hmm. So that coupled with the fact that Wolverine was amazing in that Oh, movie, yeah. Incredible. Huge actor. That was like, that was a shift. And that's where, you, me personally, that's where I felt the shift. Because prior to that, all the superhero movies we got were trash. So fast forward, they announced Spider-Man. And at least in, in my generation of, of kids growing up, Spider-Man was a big deal. And I know now he's an even bigger deal because of the MCU. Growing up, Spider-Man was like, hey, you know, Spider-Man's cool. So when they announced that there was a Spider-Man movie coming out, I was like, yo, I'm there. So 2002, I was, what, 19? And me and my friend, Jaime, um, you guys you guys know Jaime. Shout um, out to Jaime. Shout out to Jaime. We were like, yo, let's go watch this movie. I bet. So we go to the theater. At the time, there was no going online to buy tickets. You had to actually go to the theater and buy the tickets. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we get there and everything is sold out up until midnight. Actually, I think it was like one in the morning. I was like, I'm not leaving the theater without watching this movie. So <laughs> screw it. We're watching this movie at 1 a.m. And let me tell you, it was a mind-blowing experience. Are you sure you weren't just tired? <laughs> nope. 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 Because... Okay. It, it was, I, I was 19. I had energy back then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was, like I said, it was a mind-blowing experience because now we're watching a movie where you could tell, or at least I could tell, it felt like the director and everyone involved in this movie loved the character. And they put effort into portraying this character to a degree where it's like, you know what? It almost feels like you're reading a comic book. Mm -hmm. And granted, there's lots of differences between actual comic and Spider-Man the movie. Of course. But a lot of it is in there. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole, um, well, granted, okay, he, he gets bit by a spider. That Every Spider-Man movie has that. Great. So you have that. Um, you have his love. No web shooters. But <laughs> right, the organic web shooters was a little weird. It's like ah, I don't know how I feel about that, but you get over it. Yeah. It's something that you'll allow, you know. Um, as far as like the whole the whole thing with his with his uncle, that the uh, the guy comes to rob the wrestling joint, yeah. and he lets him go. That happens in the comics, mm -hmm. you know. All of that happens in the comics. The fact that that's the same guy that killed his uncle, that happens in the comics. Um, he didn't though. 
Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they went ahead and retconned that for, for Mark, for Spider-Man three, oh, but that's, yeah, that's a whole different, uh, three hour podcast. So, <laughs> um, yeah, all of that, watching that on screen was such an amazing experience. And I, I remember like we left the theater and it was, we, we really, we couldn't talk. Like it, it was one of those like things like bro we we just saw possibly one of the greatest comic movies ever and yeah it was it was amazing it was yeah. such an experience that nowadays like granted we have the MCU we have uh, these movies that DC makes that are pretty good they could be better but they're good compared to what was coming out in the past. Mm. And now it's like, you know, these movies are great, but to this day, I don't think I've ever felt the feeling of watching Spider-Man for the first time. That sounds like such a, such a special experience. I'm jealous. Um, Mikias, do you think this movie, it came out 2002, but rewatching it does for you, does it still hold up? Yeah, I still, I still enjoy watching it. I feel well, nostalgic purposes, I guess. But I feel like it's a nice blend between like fighting scenes and like his personal. It's not just him as Spider-Man; it's him as Peter Parker. And I think, I think we don't. I don't know. But I do. I I still think it holds up. Yeah, and I regarding the Peter Parker stuff. I, Tobey Maguire for me was such a perfect choice for Spider-Man, and and it's important for us to give credit to this amazing cast. Willem Dafoe as Norman Osborn absolutely nailed it. Harry Osborn, uh, I mean um, James Franco as Harry Osborn, Kirsten Dunst, eh, um, she was pretty, she was, she was okay. Uh, Aunt May, uh, for you, Josh, who was the actor that kind of perfected the role, of uh, like that gave them best performance the, the, yeah the the actor that gave the best performance in the film like was it toby i i have to say it would be willem dafoe it wasn't yeah. toby it was definitely not toby yeah <laughs> oh boy i have to agree josh sounded that sounded aggressive I, please, um, please expa- uh, expand on, on having, why 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 toby having to rewatch this for this podcast i feel like it, it ruined <laughs> my memory of this movie is is really i don't know it didn't hit to me as it as it would have when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a lot of goofiness in this movie, and mm-hmm. the and really good parts as well. So like it's it's blended in there, mm-hmm. um, but it you know it's not um, it's not a perfect film for you know it has its but like Toby he's he's very I don't know he his his quirkiness and. Seeing him start off, you know, the first hour or so, not first hour, maybe like 40 minutes when he's in high school, uh, he's acting all like really childish and stuff. And then he gets out of high school and um, immediately it's like he aged 10 years. And it's like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> they kind of all did. They just. They did. Yes. Yes. Hey, man. They won- 20s like after graduation yeah. dude that work in city That's life how changes. I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> so 
when you say that he acted in a in a in a childish way, c- compared to Tom Holland, or was it more? Tom Holland. I, I think Tom Holland is perfect for high school, and which mm-hmm. is probably why you know they've made three movies with him in high school. But right, um, I, I guess it was tough for Toby to kind of um, act like a high school kid when this dude was like in his late twenties. Right. You know, that, I don't. I don't want high school anymore. Like I want. I want an adult uh, <laughs> Spider-Man who's dealt with all that. Yeah. And to I mean, me, like I, I understand what you mean when you say the the goofiness that Toby may have displayed as Peter Parker, but uh, for some. Re- I do think it was balanced. I, I don't think he overdid it. Mm-hmm. He he was extremely goofy, and, and and there were scenes where, you know, he was um. You know, he, he was getting tripped up in the bus. He 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 didn't know how to talk to MJ, but that that just kind of fed on him being this nerd, this socially awkward guy, this very complicated kid who was just trying to get by. But it just um, made it feel, you know, how like Power Rangers, how like all the action stuff. <laughs> is <laughs> filmed in a different country and then like uh-huh. from the, the american stuff here that's what it feels like because when spider-man turns into spider-man you're like that's not toby that's not that's a totally <laughs> different person <laughs> i get what you're saying richie what, what are your thoughts on toby's performance as spider-man so like josh i feel like what really made the movie was uh willem dafoe hmm. Tobey Maguire's um, acting wasn't bad to me. It, it it does take me out a little when you see Tobey Maguire, you see Chris, Kirsten Dunst, you see what what's his face? Um, uh, James Franco. No, not James Franco. Still looks young. Uh, this guy, uh, Sofia Vergara's husband, Flash oh, yeah. Thompson. Yes, Joe Manganiello. Joe Mang- yes, Manganiello. He, I mean these guys all look like they're pushing 30 and trying to be in high school. So that kind of takes me out of it. But Willem Dafoe being, um, what's his face, uh, Green Goblin, that man, like, he he did an awesome performance. He, his performance is like he, he has the crazy eyes for mm-hmm. it, you know? So him doing all the stuff that he does, his laugh and – the, the scene where he's talking to himself in the mirror, oh. all of that is like, wow, man. Like, this guy really was really putting all, his all into this performance, you know? Yeah, Willem Dafoe is known to be an amazing actor. Right. And in, in Spider-Man, he, man, he, it, I, I was going to say if they, if they would ever redo the role of Green Goblin. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, we saw that in Amazing Spider-Man 2. But nobody would ever top that performance in my opinion but yeah, he is, com- yeah he, he is coming back but it, uh, and I, know, I hope they redo the costume because the costume needs work yeah i was <laughs> literally i was literally about to get to that like so regarding the costumes we'll start off with Green goblin a lot of people have complaints about his mouth not moving <laughs> right I think that's because fine. it's, it's like a helmet mask. but that's just... the thing i'm completely fine with it because when the yellow eyelids come up yeah he has his expressions through his eyes. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of Tom Hardy's performance as Bane, where he kind of just translated all his feelings through his eyes. <laughs> and it was the same thing with Green Goblin, but with the suit, Mikias, what did you think of it? 
Uh, I didn't really like the tightness of it. Mm-hmm. Like seeing how it was more Halloween. I guess it didn't want to go with such a cartoony kind of costume for him. Seeing how he's like, he's just so slender. <laughs> yeah, and then like how Richie said with X Men, it was they. I, I think they were looking for a more serious approach, and they thought slender was the way. But I think they could have. I think they could have gotten away with something with like a hoodie, a scarf, some like a hoodie, like something kind of like not so baggy, but like slimming, so it doesn't look like he's a a a wicked witch of the rest or something. (laughs) But like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't the best thing I've seen. Have you guys seen the original um, original mask they were gonna use for the movie? No, it was pretty much like a clay mold of. Willem Dafoe's face. He was able to move his mouth. He had the purple kind of hat. It was intense, but I heard it was just very complicated to to have on his head. Um, Richie, what do you think about Spider-Man's outfit, the costume, the stitching, everything? Honestly, like it was again going back to that time period. It was like wow, like they nailed Spider-Man's costume. This is. Spider-Man on screen, you know, the the red with the blue and the um the the eyes were a little they they, they look like glasses to me, like those Oakleys. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, I, I thought the costume was great. I thought the cost the, the the costume was awesome as far as Spider-Man with Green Goblin. Yeah, I, I feel they could have done better with that. Um the mask does the mask was a mess to me personally. <laughs> the mask always, it's always bothered me. It's like mm-hmm. Green Goblin himself in the comics, you know, looks nothing like that. Absolutely and, different. Yeah. Right. And I understand that they, you know, they can't possibly, well, back then maybe they didn't have the ability to be as close to the comic as, as they would like. But yeah, I, I feel they could have done better with Green Goblin. Um, Everyone else, I mean, they're really the only two that are in costume. So, yeah, yeah. Spider Man's was good. Green Goblins needed work. I love I think, that yeah. one scene where um, Spider Man is like drawing up his his outfits. I oh, I always yeah. I always love that scene, and I think that's what got me uh, when I was younger to like start drawing. I would I would freeze the frame and just trace over what he Dude, was drawing. I'd, that scene is incredible. Yeah, all the inks and stuff is awesome. Um, I think Spider-Man suit is the best live-action Spider-Man suit ever, in my opinion. Mm. This, it's the Amazing Spider-Man two, Andrew Garfield suit was pretty damn good. Yeah. Tom Holland's is all CGI, so I'm not even gonna give it to him. <laughs> Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man suit is amazing. It's everything about it is good, but I, I do this. I I don't like the eye the, the eyes on him. I think we could have done without the gray, maybe have a little white. But other than that. I thought it was pretty damn good. Um, let's talk more about how he comes to be Spider-Man and his just oh, his his whole transformation. Sorry, just real quick, just going mm-hmm. back to the costumes, that sketching part. Um, I, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but fun fact: mm-hmm. that in amongst those sketches, he ends up sketching um, this character called Stingray, mm-hmm. who is a very minor character. Like you, you really don't see much of him, but he. Um, he usually hangs out with uh, what's his face, uh, Namor. Namor. Mm. Namor. Sorry, Namor. 
submariner, submariner, whatever. Yeah. Him. <laughs> he uh he's his suit like allows him to breathe underwater and it gives him strength and speed and all that. So yeah, in amongst those sketches, he he comes up really quick. I was which like, cool. which color was that? Um, I don't think it, it was it was just it a like sketch. An there was no color, but it's like yes, him with yeah. the X face. With the oh, and, and did he have like uh, not wings, but yeah, something they look like, like that, wings. Like wings. Yeah. Okay, I, I remember. I I I was rewatching the scene. And I was I, I thought I had seen him draw the Iron Spider, but it would definitely wasn't. It was just a black and red um, version of the costume. But I mean that that scene is incredible. Um, but regarding Spider Man's transformation, I, I I always loved how at the same time that Spider Man was going through everything that he was going through and becoming Spider Man within his sleep. Norman Osborn was in, in, injecting the gobbling green into in his insides, and he becomes uh, inhaling, inhaling. When he's he like becomes as, he becomes his lunatic, and that specific scene scared the living crap out of me as a kid. <laughs> when this dude is having like a freaking seizure, um, and, and kills his his partner, um, Josh. It always how, made me laugh. <laughs> why? Wow. I don't know. I couldn't take the, I couldn't take it seriously when when like the veins started popping on it. See his shirt list on like a cold metal bed, just like that always bothered me. The metal. <laughs> he was like, cold. like he was it's cold. always cold. You know, his awesome. reaction is genuine in that scene. Apparently, mm. when when the, when the cold touches him, oh, he's like, yeah. that that was real. <laughs> they kept it in. It does. That. It does feel so. That. It does feel so out of place. <laughs> Because while he's drinking that liquid, he's like he's like hundred years, and we haven't even scratched the surface of human potential. Cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he he yeah he becomes he he becomes insane. He he turns and he turns into the Green Goblin himself. He kills his his partner, and um, Spider Man just comes out shredded, beats the daylights out of Flash Thompson, and um, I always appreciate before he's crawling up that wall, the I don't. The I little really spikes don't. spikes come out of his fingers. That's unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> I have never thought of like why do we need to know how Spider Man climbs? Just climb up the wall. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It's gross. I, I, you have like little hairs coming out of your fingers. I loved it. I loved it. Just 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 the amount of detail that he paid attention to, <laughs> even with his with his freaking hands learning how to crawl. Um you get to see a lot of CGI. While he's jumping from roof to roof. Oh yeah, that CGI is terrible. Fly, fly, fly. <laughs> for for back then, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Looking, watching the movie now, it's like, <laughs> oh dear lord, yeah, you guys needed to up the budget on CGI. Um, Mikael, what did you think of the dynamic between Mary Jane and and Peter Parker? I feel it felt forced. I don't know. I feel mm. like I didn't know enough for them to like. It felt like he, like he never even like. They say they were friends back in like kindergarten, but and that it didn't feel that way. Like they felt like two strangers. To be honest, I didn't really like. They weren't it. friends. He was just a stalker who stalked her during. <laughs> yeah, during she barely, class. she barely acknowledged him. <laughs> and they lived next door, so yeah. <laughs> but I didn't feel like there was genuine connection between right. the two. Like he was infatuated. She was in her own business i didn't really find kristen dunst to be very charismatic as mary jane 
Um, she did an okay job, but I consider her the real villain in the, the series yeah. of movies. Uh, being with Flash Thompson while like eyeing t- uh, Peter Parker, then going with Harry because he asked. Peter didn't ask. It, right. In all fairness, Peter never asked her. Dude, yeah. she clearly liked Peter. Yeah, but he, yeah, never, but he, he never asked. Yeah. So she was just like, let me just go with Harry. I barely answer his phone calls. I don't let him kiss me in public. <laughs> some 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 girls be like that, yo. Yeah. And then she, then she falls in love with Spider Man, but then really likes Peter. And then she gets engaged. Okay, listen, let's, let's whatever. The astronaut. The astronaut. <laughs> oh God, little so. Yeah, she's all over the place. Um, but that's because he dumped her, dumps her at the end of this movie. <laughs> it's always her at the end. <laughs> Going the through does, Like when you think about it, yeah, it always ends with like her face. <laughs> sick of it um so then the the ben and peter scene when they're in the car i i i absolutely love this scene um that scene left me i'm, I'm upset we don't have yes. a ben parker anymore yeah, we have a tony stark as, as peter ben Parker's just that he's just underground in the cemetery oh my God. <laughs> richie how how special was was that scene with with Peter and and Ben Parker in the car, just um, talking it out? So, you know, when you watch that scene, it does. It, it's but all right. So knowing how it how it turns out uh, before you watch it, you know that nothing good is going to come out of this. Mm-hmm. So, again, reading the comics, you know that Ben gets killed. So watching that scene, it's like. Part of you, at least for me, part of me is like, man, Peter, you're you're an idiot. You don't know what you're about. You don't know what's about to happen. Um, but granted, of course, he doesn't know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. This is happening in real time for him. Mm-hmm. So watching that scene always likes it, it. It makes me it makes me a little sad mm-hmm. because I know that that's the last time he's going to see him alive, mm-hmm. or rather, not dying. I guess because he does see him alive for a little bit and then he does, but yeah, that, <laughs> um, that scene always always strikes a chord for me, and um, I feel like they played that scene out very well. It shows because all right, so if you read the comics, you see that in the beginning Peter is very selfish, mm-hmm. very self centered with everything he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they portray that very well in that scene. Mm-hmm. They they really show his selfishness he, when he tells his uncle, "Yeah, you know, you're not my dad." Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, jeez, man, like that. That's that's tough, you know, for someone who who raised you to hear that, even though they're not your dad, they raised you from when you were a kid. To hear something like that must be harsh. And he said nothing about him not p- helping him paint. Right. right dude that scene that annoys me he literally, he, he literally said don't start without me and yet they still leave him the meatloaf and veggies in the fridge yeah. right i would have been like yo you ain't eating tonight and he's like he's like michelangelo uh give credit to cliff robertson the the actor who played uncle ben he did a damn good job with the little scenes he had mikas why did that scene traumatize you because now i never know who's gonna die if i do y'all like that <laughs> can't have that on my conscience so <laughs> i just yell at the sky when i'm alone but 
I can't have that last memory, me being yelling at somebody and then they end up dying the next time I see them. So I can't, you know, that, <laughs> that's, it's just how I act now. Yeah, I mean, it, it and we, we get the, the great words with great power comes great responsibility. And then we get the great scene with him in the wrestling match. And he first calls himself the human spider. Still horrible. So bad. Um, and Josh, how much do you like that fight? I mean, Bones I like up. Randy Savage. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the fight, eh, I could do without the. I mean, it happened. I don't know, man. I appreciate every every little a little bit of those two minutes. So, uh, f- fun fact: <laughs> the uh, the actor Bruce Campbell. He's the one that that announces uh, Spider Man, right? Mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell is friends with the director Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. They're they're boys. So he was uh, Sam Raimi was the one who directed. Um, oh, what were those movies? The one I, I remember one of them, uh, Army of Darkness, and then before uh, that was uh, Evil Dead or something. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, you know, he ends up making a cameo in all three movies. Yeah, he he um I think in Spider-Man 2, he's he was in the, the video games too. Yes, he games. was. Yeah. Yes. In he Spider-Man the, 2, he's the he's the usher at the, the usher and in Spider-Man 3, he's like the 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 guy the guy in the front desk with the, restaurant. the restaurant. Yeah. 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 That guy's, that guy's awesome. Um and then we go we we go into more of a dark we see more of a dark Peter Parker when he which is ridiculous like he beat the guy in two minutes like give him three thousand yeah yeah he was, he was supposed to time himself it was supposed to be three it was supposed to be three minutes but he was supposed to time himself like i, I have to well just survive until they tell him you're good that, that's insane and they gave him a hundred dollars out of the yeah. three thousand that were promised to him they could and, have given heads up but it's a and, scam and I mean, this is where we get the scene where you know the robber gets away, and Peter Parker tells him, "I miss a part where that's my problem." To the dude that got robbed, and this guy ultimately kills Uncle Ben. And I always appreciate this scene where he's running in the alleyway, putting on the mask, and we have that score in the background, just as he's crawling up the walls and swinging through the city. And that fight within that abandoned warehouse was so raw and. Josh, like, it's a good scene. It's like the whole like chase to the mm-hmm. warehouse, and then um, him just like realizing that it, that he that it, it was the dude that he like slipped by him, mm-hmm. and then him flying um out the window. Uh, yeah, it's powerful. It was he, he, like, does that count as a kill for Spider-Man? No, he tripped on the pipe. <laughs> he intimidated Man, him. Water at best. Richie, does it count as a kill? Nah, bro. <laughs> the guy tripped. No one told him to take a step backwards. No one told him to take a step backwards. <laughs> although, oh. although, oh boy, uh, Spider-Man having the ability to save him doesn't. <laughs> but so, that's like, but that's like, that's like Batman and Ra- Arazo go on train. No, that's. I, a, get, I mean, that's a low blow, Josh. He, <laughs> he did his. He did the best he could. I mean. It, the difference being that spite all Spider-Man really had to do was shoot some web out and he could have caught him. But 
again, going back to who Peter is in the comics, his selfish attitude, it, it makes sense that he would let the guy fall and die. Because he's, I mean, yes, he's pissed that he killed his uncle. But at the same time, that's who Peter was. It would make he's, more sense if he didn't look 28. <laughs> right. Right. Um, after oh, the gra- real quick, sorry. <laughs> shout out to my wife. She's giving me this look like you guys are a bunch of uh... <laughs> nerds. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Myra, yo. <laughs> sorry, continue. Um, so after the graduation scene, then Peter realizes what his purpose is, and it's to protect the people, to fight crime in New York and become Spider-Man while he's staring at the, the beautiful drawing he has. And then we see him apply for a job at the Daily Bugle. And when we talk about perfect casting, oh yes, J. Jonah Jameson, dude. Spider-Man. Absolutely. Like, how... how you, for that? You, you, can't, you can't get better than that. You mean James Gordon? <laughs> I, I forget those like five minutes he's in Justice League. <laughs> but I mean, he's so good that the MCU doesn't even want to move on from him. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, it's cool because mm-hmm. like I really when he first came out and in Far From Home, I never I thought he, like I didn't know they were going to do the multiverse thing. Like that never occurred to me. And then I was like, oh, that's what they're doing. Yeah, we were all caught by surprise. Um, but then Oscorp, well, the people in Oscorp, the ones trying to buy everything out, like they they try to screw up Norman throughout the whole film, um, claiming that. Oh well, I mean they have. They That's have, my they one have, gripe with this movie. What is the the motivation for Green Goblin? Like what? So he he gets to the 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 people that he wants to kill. He kills them all, right? Like. Mm-hmm. And then he goes after Spider-Man for some reason. <laughs> like he he did. Well, what he... well, no. Well, he's trying to conquer the city of New York at this point. He just wants it all because he's become a lunatic. He's become selfish, and um, his ego has gone up the roof. So, but and he and remember when he's talking to himself in the mirror, he says that the only only person in between us is Spider-Man. So why why not? What if he joins us? Fought him once. <laughs> Yeah, man, and that's enough to. I mean, he screwed up his glider. All right. You know how much maintenance work he had to do on the thing? He <laughs> got like sixty-seven cables. He probably speak- to do that. Speaking of the World Unity Fair scene, I it, it was it it had some goofy elements, but I love Green Goblin's entrance. The music. Kind of, kind of. <laughs> is she a real rapper? I have no idea. Macy Gray. Oh, oh! Like Jeez. the song sounds familiar. Yeah, I, that's I that's know. yeah, that's Macy Gray singing. Yeah, so um, we were just speaking about that, but we we get that crazy scene where Willem Dafoe, where Norman Osborn is talking to himself um through the mirror, and this is where he finally realizes that Spider Man is his biggest threat, and he doesn't want to kill him right away, but he wants for him to. He wants to team up with him. They want to. He wants to rule New York with him, together. Um, and this was one of my favorite scenes. And again, a scene that terrified me is just <laughs> Green Goblin showing up at the Daily Bugle. Yeah, I like that scene. And it, it's heartwarming the fact that J. Jonah Jameson doesn't mm-hmm. out Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we we, we see Spider Man showing up. 
I think he's totally capable of doing. <laughs> yeah, but he, he, he has a good heart deep in the inside. Yeah, I don't know. He does that yeah. old school and like in Spectacular Spider Man, the same thing, the exact same thing. Yes, happened. dude. I the, the the scene where because I don't know if you remember that episode where um Green Goblin gives him the same offer um in the in that party mm-hmm. in the building for J. Jonah Jonah Jameson's son. So yeah. um anyway, Richie, how how good was the scene where Goblin was basically telling out t- telling spider-man what reality was and how one day the people would stab him in the back it i mean it's definitely foreshadowing Mm -hmm. um that's that's one of like the biggest things that spider-man deals with in the comics Mm -hmm. that uh did we ever see that in the movies though yeah oh what where where they turn on him yeah didn't they turn on him in part two? Well, they they turn they turn on him here, but it's more like the police and oh right 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 right. You don't see a lot of it, but they they want they want his arrest. You're right. Yeah, but then when he meets the cop, he's like, "Go get the person in the burning building." Well, there was a lady inside, a quote unquote lady. Right. Um, I mean, looking at it that way, I guess it 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 almost doesn't necessarily fit into the movie Mm -hmm. but in the comics it makes sense because in the comics he deals with that where half the city is divided because of j jonah jameson yeah um people are you know they call spider-man a menace you know Mm -hmm. because of him um there's that short that short uh scene where they're interviewing people Mm and in in this one and they're like oh you know spider-man's great oh no he's a loony he's a wackadoo Spider-Man um, has that tight suit and the big tight. Right. Unbelievable. You know? So you have you have stuff like that. Oh and, and a quick uh a quick cameo by Lucy Lawless, Xena Warrior Princess. Oh yeah, that's that's what it was. I was trying so hard. She's like... uh she's that punk punk rocker chick. Oh you know? yes. You know, guy so... with eight legs sounds hot. <laughs> exactly. So you know that that that's in the comics. Yes, Peter deals with that on a daily. You know, he he'll save someone and they're like, oh, look, he's he's attacking that person. So I, I get why they why he mentions it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now now that I think about it, that really doesn't happen in the movie. Mm-hmm. Should have. Would have made it better. <laughs> well, the scene, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Rich. No, the, the, the scene was great. The scene was great. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just loved seeing Green Goblin rant and and just treat Spider-Man like he's just, you know, a, a buddy of his that he's known for a couple of years. Just telling mm-hmm. just telling him just telling him how it is. And the fact that he says, I can squash you like a bug, like he had the power right there to just crush him, kill him. But he had the decency to just give him a chance and, and offer the friendship to him. But after that. I'm gonna skip over the the kiss scene because I I don't want to talk about that. Like, it, although it was nice, <laughs> scene. such an iconic scene. Like it's a very iconic, iconic scene, bro. He he almost water. He was almost waterboarded. <laughs> he says that. I, I almost love that scene because you could see like the veins on the dude's neck. Yeah, it was. It's like, so uncomfortable. <laughs> like he had. A, he was there for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like he was constipated upside down. Right. But but watching Spider-Man fight in the rain was sick. 
Um, but then after that, we get the whole fire um, in the building, and he saves the baby, and then he 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 goes in the building, and again another scene that terrified me when he's trying to and he's trying to save the quote unquote woman, but it's Green Goblin. <laughs> Mikael, how how did you like the action in that in in this particular scene? I I liked it because like it was a nice blend between slow mo and and right. real time fight. I feel like like they show him dodging each individual like. What do you call those? Like goblin batterings, goblin rings, the Battering. whatever those those things, those those things that he gets thrown at. Mm. But I, I I was gonna say that I appreciated more like real action fights in this movie because like in the second and and after that it becomes much more CGI, right? And that's not something. And even now, like you don't really get like real fights like that unless the person is not super powered i i like you know because like the dark knight there's so so little or like all the christian bale batman movies like there's so little action fight scenes that we actually see and like it's it's cool to see that a superheroes <laughs> actually just, fighting. just one one-on-one combat yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and that's I, I love that you brought that up, Mikael and Josh. Like, the, the the action in this scene is so specific, and I think you can appreciate that so much because, like you said, Mikael, now nowadays, if we're mainly focusing on the MCU, it always goes out with a huge bang, a bunch of CGI. It's like uh, a bunch of people fighting a bunch of people. It's never that one-on-one classic combat, and. Richie, like, how, how do you feel about this? Like, the action in this scene, how special is it for you? Or, or do you think it was forgettable? Or do you appreciate the action, like, th- those final confrontations at the end of superhero movies uh, now? Um, hmm. Okay, so superhero movies now, I do appreciate everything that goes on in them. Because, like I said, coming from an era where we were getting terrible superhero movies to what mm-hmm. we have now mm-hmm. is, you know, definitely a, a huge step forward. Um, but, yes, the the fighting isn't as – what's the word? It's not as personal, I guess. Yes. As the fight – yeah, that too, because in, in a sense, the fights that happen are a result of, you know, whatever happened in the movie. In this case, you know, Spider-Man fighting Green Goblin. Green Goblin has a legitimate hatred towards Spider-Man because he's nuts. And he, you know, that that whole fight is... um. Oh my God! What was the word that I said before? Personal. Personal. There we go. It's 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 personal. He he wants to take him out because he feels that Spider Man Peter Parker is the one thing that's keeping him from accomplishing his goals. Mm-hmm. In modern movies, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, you know. That's what I always liked about these Spider Man movies that uh, the record between the villain and Spidey. They're like the either somebody that he's like almost super close with, like Harry's dad, or it's somebody he looks up to. 
it's always somebody that he he knows personally. Yeah, that's such a great point. The fact that it was personal within the movie with Peter Parker and Norman Osborn, for me, it felt like I saw enough of these two. I saw them enough in their in their costumes fighting against each other and also as their actual uh, actual persons, as, as, as Peter Parker himself, as Norman Osborn himself. They were in the same room almost all the time. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were right next to each other, Norman Osborn admired Peter Parker. Peter Parker appreciated it. Norman Osborn's intelligence obviously he was he wasn't the best person alive but he respected the scientist he was and I I just like the fact that they were always in the same room and finally after that action sequence in the burning building Norman Osborn finally finds out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man with that cut he has on his forearm and dude when he's when he's on the ceiling oh my goodness so much tension I love it (laughs) I think that was the first time I felt anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> that scene, that scene was incredible because th- there was a nice little score, or or that t- or that tension you felt when um, he's trying to he's trying to take out some some turkey, and then Aunt Aunt May slaps his hand, mm-hmm. and he just stares at her with a knife. I'm like, holy crap! But after that, he figures out that norman he figures out that he has to take down spider-man he knows who he is so he has to go for the heart he has to go for what's closest to him and what's closest to him is uh, his family aunt may and he attacks her in her own house while she's doing a prayer finish it finish it dude little scenes like this make <laughs> make this movie incredible in my opinion um, it's amazing because, she didn't die from a heart attack. Because <laughs> you just see Goblin coming up out of the darkness with flames surrounding him and his yellow eyes, and she, she's she's <laughs> Myra in the back, and she's she's traumatized. <laughs> she's she's traumatized, and um, this is where everything unfolds, and Green Goblin ultimately goes after. Mary Jane, and we get the great action sequence in the Queensboro Bridge. Um, and for for you, Josh, this final act, we're not going to talk about that uh, abandoned building fight yet, but okay. what happens before then? Were you able to appreciate the action scenes or just I mean, appreciate the scenes within within this whole situation where he has to make that decision of who to save. Yeah, I can, I, I do appreciate that. But then, uh, and and then seeing, you know, New York come to his rescue, that was kind of cool. Right. It felt, it felt like a, a happy, a good, happy family. Yeah. <laughs> but proving, you know, Green Goblin, well, not, I don't know. I don't know because like they, in this movie, like, I guess New York is on his side and it's like, um what everything that he was telling peter like is it hasn't happened yet or it's bound to happen or 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 green goblin is wrong so I don't exactly yeah. and then we come to in my opinion the best scene in in the entire film is that fight in the the abandoned building which Mikael's what you said with the fight being well what you said richard with the fight being personal with they have having so much connection this fight was so raw the the one-on-one battle was it was just straight up fight it was incredible why does toby always lose half his mask 
every single movie. Oh, he's getting punched in the face. But that that bomb, dude. Yeah, yeah, that effect was, you know, watching that on screen, it was like, oh, the bomb went off right in his face, you know. Kind of like that that was that was that was awesome. Yeah, Rich, how'd you feel throughout this whole this whole entire uh fight sequence, this this, this whole scene, just just them going one on one and going just going back at it. So that fight, so if you don't already know, the fight occurs at the smallpox, the smallpox hospital on Roosevelt Island. Because um, we went there. I know, right? We could have gotten <laughs> smallpox. That that fight, you know, you you f- okay, me personally, I felt Peter's agony. Because up until that point, Green Goblin is like beating the living daylights out of him. <laughs> you know? Um, the bomb goes off in his face. Peter's like trying to muster every ounce of strength that he has, and it doesn't seem to be working. Um, but then the turnaround, when Peter finally is able to to fight back and he is fighting against Green Goblin and he's holding his own, that scene evokes a sense of um what's the word i'm sorry i have a tough time finding the proper words for these things but it's such a great feeling to watch him overcome that to then be able to basically checkmate the green goblin you know Hmm. and that whole scene you know he's holding up he (laughs) it always annoyed me that um norman is then like peter peter wait wait uh, <laughs> you know he's like chill chill right like it's it's not really me it's it's this and you can help me you can save me and all that it's like shut up bro you know that that always annoyed me but aside from that that scene was i felt you see the full transformation of peter parker becoming spider-man and coming into his own mm-hmm. in that scene because now he's not like he finally starts taking, like he 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 goes head on to towards, right? Because every time he's been faced with conflict, he's just trying to save the people he loves, but not directly confronting the issue like he did mm-hmm. with the robber or his first couple of fights with the Goblin. It's like doing damage control rather than solving the issue. But now it's him actually doing something. Right. I, I, yeah, I always appreciate every bit of dialogue between Green Goblin and Spider-Man. When when he says you 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 shot your last web, Spider-Man, MJ and I are gonna have a hell of a time, and that seemed to trigger Spider-Man. And um, yeah, that that fight was just intense. Like when he drops that wall on him, yeah, love that. He's just beating the daylights out of him, and and finally we get Norman Osborn's death. Um, Josh, were you okay with him with him dying? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah, I'm totally fine with him dying in that movie. Or did you want to see him in like uh, the sequel? Or but is he dead? Because then uh, how is he in the new? Oh, that's a whole different story. We can't. He's probably gonna be in, from a different universe because he. We're not he gonna... was... Are we gonna get the 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 Harry from uh, Amazing Spider-Man? All right, that's you? it. You're cut off. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> in, with regards to uh, Norman's death, that is comic book accurate. Okay, he, he does get impaled in the comics that way. Um, 
Right. It, see that that's the that's the thing about comics. No one really stays dead, yeah. except for Jason Todd for as long as he did, and then oh boy, they, oh, they ended up bringing him back anyway. Oh boy. But <laughs> for the most part, you know, when you die in the comics, there's always a way back. Um, so I'm not totally surprised that they would have his voice in the new Spider-Man that's supposed to be coming out. Mm. You know, it's like you know what makes sense. Makes sense. He possibly, you know, somehow something. I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna play it out, but somehow, some way, he comes back. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Doctor Octopus is coming back from some right. new. Okay, but my theory explosion. for Doctor Octopus, right? My theory is that since he did create a son, and like suns <laughs> tend to like they evolve into sometimes into black holes, right? Which usually leads into other dimensions. And that's my thing. So he got sucked up by his own son that he left in the, in the Hudson river because it became a black, a black hole. And now he's like, you know, in that other universe and he's trying to get back. There we go. Um, it's the only way it makes sense. This movie wraps up in, in Norman Osborn's funeral. Um, and Harry Osborn is determined to kill Spider-Man. And man, like with this, knowing what happens in Spider-Man three, you kind of appreciate the concept more of Harry Osborn being one of the villains in Spider-Man three, taking on the mantle of the Green Goblin and going after Peter Parker, going after Spider-Man now knowing that he is Peter Parker. Because he did that for a dad that didn't give him no type of love, but you know. It was tough, and he respected it. He wanted that love, which was heartbreaking to see. Which, uh, credit to James Franco. I thought he was a, a, an awesome Harry Osborn. I thought that dyna- the dynamic with him and Peter was very natural. I didn't I, I didn't think it was forced. Did you guys Did you guys think it was a bit... No, they felt like buddies. Unnatural? Yeah. So, yeah, the fact that he tells him that, like, after he says he's going after Spider-Man, he's like, thank God for you, Peter. I have you. Um, and then we we have to we have to obviously cap it off with MJ expressing her feelings towards Spidey and Spider Man totally friend zoning her, <laughs> which was which was great to see. And then we get um one of the best, in my opinion, superhero endings of all time, and that amazing web scene. And Josh, like the fact that right now, like I I can't think of a a, a swinging a web swinging scene of of Tom Holland that kind of can compare close to Tobey Maguire's. Like we barely even see that. Do you do you miss that? You miss those type of scenes? Just seeing he's Spider Man in New York to be swinging. <laughs> My dudes in DC or in Europe. He's not like actually there. It, yeah, it's it's tough. But you, we we ended with 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 Spider Man swinging around New York, and it's 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 for me. It's a perfect ending, and. It wraps up such a beautiful film. Um, so, Richie, if you can just give us your final thoughts on on this film. So, my final thoughts. It's a great movie. Lots of action. Um, definitely one of the better superhero movies that we got in the early 2000s. Um, part two is definitely leagues above that but up until 2002 that was one of the best superhero movies that we had gotten with any of the uh marvel characters and overall i love that movie to this day 
I'll watch it anytime it's on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I own the movie on Blu-ray, so every now and again, I'll throw it on to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it digitally as well, so a- any which way I can. If I want to watch a movie that makes me feel good, Spider-Man. So you can you can enjoy it anywhere, everywhere. Pretty much. Um, and can you provide us your official rating for the film? My official rating One for Spider-Man 2002. Eight out of ten. Nice. Nice. All right, Mikas, can you just give us your closing thoughts and your official rating for the movie? Had I seen it for the first time now, like, not now, but, like, back when I was a kid, it would have gotten, like, a 9.5. But now, as as an adult, it's more like an 8, mm-hmm. 8.5 if I'm pushing it. But it's closer to 8 than 8.5. Okay. Um, Josh, if you can give us your um, official ratings and thoughts on this film. All right, so um, uh, looking at it with without nostalgic, uh, without a nostalgic mindset, I think um, I'm at a six point five. Wow. Uh, <laughs> well, because can you repeat that rating for me again? <laughs> a six point five. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Okay, um, thank you, Josh. You always wait, surprise us with your rating. No. That's why we appreciate you. Let him say his piece. Let him say his piece. All right, go ahead. Um, so, uh, yeah, so 6.5, like it's, it's good. It just has its goofy moments and, um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't hold up to today's standards. I don't think it's not a movie that I can go back and be like, take it seriously. Um, I do like Willem Dafoe. I like all the actors that play, uh, had this movie come out now. I think, I think I would say Tobey Maguire is a mistake as a Spider-Man should have been somebody else. And that's it. Yeah. Not, that's good. Good job concluding your thoughts, bro. <laughs> I, I don't agree with your thoughts, but good job concluding that. Um, I feel like we're in this position in every episode. <laughs> but all right. Thank you, Josh. Um, <laughs> I'm giving this movie a 9.5 out of 10. And it's, I know it's not the most perfect superhero film of all time. I understand that. I understand it has its problems. It's you crazy, Kevin. But for me, I think it's just the fact that I think this was, I can't even recall, but this was one of the first superhero movies that I ever, I ever watched. And this is where I fell in love with Spider Man, the character himself. And I just love every little thing about this film when it, when it, comes down to the actors to every fight scene the cost everything i i just simply adore this film um probably just just nostalgia um but i, I do adore the score i i i, I love the acting performances especially like we all agreed on willem defoe's he he just brings his movie together and it, for me it's a masterpiece so i give it a 9.5 out of 10 um again thank you all for listening um, this is our review for Spider-Man 1. Be on the lookout for Spider-Man 2, which will be Spider-Man. hosted by Mikias. Um, oh, wow. Josh, <laughs> Joshua, thank you for being with us as always, Mikias. And Richie, huge thanks to you for joining us and just geeking out with us. Thank you for um, having me, guys. I appreciate it. This was very, very fun. 
And um, yeah, Rorschach is not a hero. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we hope to we hope to have you again on another episode, and I think I have a good idea of of which movie um, you'll be here for. Um, again, if you guys want to follow us on our on Twitter society outcast three and on instagram society outcast three but that's it for today's episode and we will see you again next week peace out guys signing off <laughs>